previously on Just Cow in the City. Oh my god! What are we gonna do? We're all gonna die! How come every cleaning lady I've ever had owns a house somewhere? She's like, don't tell anybody. I'm like, no, I'm telling everyone. Have a fun time with your snobby friends. This is a Thursday night. The mall's closing at 7.30. Target can suck it too! Ha-cha! Just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Just Cow in the City Technical Birthday Edition, even though this comes out after my particular birthday. I talk about my birthday a lot because I am a birthday guy. I like celebrating other people's birthdays as well as mine. For some reason, I, I really don't know why. I've always been that way, and I like it to be acknowledged, and why wouldn't I? I'm a classic Leo. I like things about myself. I like things that, you know, round about me, that, that, uh, that, that circle about me. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not putting it correctly. I just kind of woke up and I just had some coffee, so just give me a chance. Besides, you have to forgive me again. The birthday month continues. But, boy, having a very good time this week as if I was turning 75 and not just 55, which I've, I wish I was turning 55. <laughs> I'm older than that. Oh, it doesn't matter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Recording on an absolutely gorgeous Friday morning in August. Uh, recording on August 12th. This will come out August 16th, which is actually my friend Lee Maracas' actual birthday, even though that guy tried to usurp me by having his birthday before mine. At Woodstock, which of course I'm going to tell you since we were talking all about that last week. Was I going to be able to make it? Obviously, I made it back. There were no issues whatsoever. Uh, I guess let's just start there, right? I mean, when I left you last time, I had car problems and I was worried about going to Woodstock, making it back in time for work. I mean, therein lies the fun. Everything worked out fine. The car turned out to be a no issue. I mean, it's an issue. I got to get it fixed at some point, but the guy, the guy was so nice. After I left you on Friday, I went and I walked in. I remember it was really hot. Not like today where it is perfect. Anybody complains about the weather today, I'm going to punch him in the face. It is perfect. No humidity, a little breeze action. It was, it's fantastic. Friday, after I finished the show, I walked over to this. Uh, I took my car over to the garage and the guy was really nice. Now, this is the guy I was talking about. The uh, this I was like, oh, how's your Camaro doing? You know, he's really nice. And he's like, oh, it, I got it all the way down to Florida. So, you know, that's why it's a good conversation started that maybe he remembers me from last time. You know, they the guys who work in garages don't remember you, but they remember your car. And then they're like, oh, right, right. You still have this. The date rape van, I believe you referred it to. Yes, that's right. Anyway, like I said, something fell off. The guy got underneath the car, like right with it outside. I mean, 
a, a, a car you can't even understand if you don't live here, never lived here, or even just visited here, how awful it is. You know, even when I go to that Jiffy Lube in uh, uh, New Jersey, you know, they at least take it into the garage. They can they can put it in a place, you know, whatever. This I I, I park it on the street where it's like really annoying. It's just double parked on the street, and the guy gets under on the street of Manhattan. And just goes under the car, and I'm like, do, "Do you want me to get you a mat or something?" He's like, "Nah, nah, I'm fine." And he just goes under the street, the hard floor, which I couldn't even get on the other day to look at it. I was having so much trouble with my knees, you know, just getting on the hard floor. And he just gets under the car, which is really low to the ground, and takes off that little piece that was hanging. And he goes, "Oh, it's not that big a deal. I mean, you should get it fixed at some point, but you could totally drive it." It's something that if you're filling the car up with uh, heavy people like the guy I had dinner with last Thursday or, um, you know, if you're moving uh, like a couch, it helps the shocks or something. It's I, I guess it's some sort of electronic thing like where I couldn't believe this car made in 2003 had a, a digital thing that somehow tells the car when it needs to apply more pressure. So it was impressive. But he said it doesn't cost that much, but I was able to drive it, remember, all the way to Woodstock. So I couldn't have been happier. And then I left I, I left there, and it was early, and then I tried to find parking in my neighborhood because I didn't, you know, I wanted to leave the car overnight. I actually found a space. I couldn't believe it and was able to just leave it. It was fantastic. I mean, really, everything worked out really well. And, you know, I just kind of sat here and waited until the next day because I was so uptight because, you know, the car is having a lot. Of, you know, it always has trouble starting. But now, you know, when I turn the key, it goes uh, 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 and then it starts, you know, so it totally sounds like it's not going to start. So I'm panicked going to Woodstock like, all right, I don't mind calling AAA, but there in the really in the middle of nowhere, this could get difficult where clearly there's not going to be any AAA office, like or whatever, or whatever they use for like, you know, two hours away, even though, well, I wasn't a rush that day. But whatever the case may be, I got into the car and I was nervous that it wasn't going to start right away because it had been, you know, 24 hours. And I'm like, should I start it? I'm like, nah, I don't want to be bothered. So at 530, I think I got a bottle of water and I went downstairs, you know, after work, I left because I was trying to actually go as late as possible. I'm like, good. If it doesn't start, I don't mind waiting for AAA. I don't care if I get there at nine o'clock. I couldn't not get there on time. Anyway, like I really tried hard not to get there on time, but I got there exactly at seven thirty. The car started okay. I never stopped. I went the whole way. It was under two hours. It couldn't have been any easier. Everything worked perfect. The every the way I went was perfect, and then. This place called uh, the Colony in Woodstock, they have no parking. I mean, they have a parking lot across the street. It was totally filled, so I had to park in the cemetery. It was kind of hilarious. I'm like, you know, who cares? I was parking in, like, the woods in a cemetery. And I'm like, well, this will be... I almost hope it doesn't start this time because that makes good for the podcast. I hope... That when I come out, I'm always going to, and I'm planning on being the last one to come out because this is the way I roll. I stay, especially with a good friend like that, I stay until the very end. I don't go home (laughs) until I'm told, just go home 
I know I'm going to be the last one there. I know my car is going to be the last one in the parking lot, or as we call the cemetery. There would be nothing funnier than me having to call AAA and wait in the cemetery where my car doesn't start. So, <laughs> I, I mean, that alone, I think I would have done the podcast from there, just into my phone. I should always bring podcast recording material because I should be ready for something like that so I can completely use it. You know, I mean, I mean, how funny. It would be like the Blair Witch Project. I'd be sitting there going like... All right. I'm in the cemetery and I'm waiting for AAA. What, what was that? You guys heard that, right? Please tell me you heard that. Oh, no, it was not. Okay, it was nothing. I, I don't think it was anything. <laughs> ah! What the fuck was that? But the sound effects would have been a hilarious Haunted Mansion Disney character uh, coming out of the graveyard, not not the ones that we normally see, because in my mind, it's all like little cartoon characters <laughs> that come out or whatever. That, that's the way I picture a cemetery. Oh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, Jacob Marley, you've always been... A good friend. Why do you haunt me on this day? <laughs> yes, but uh, that didn't. Uh, so, uh, so we had. I had a really good time at the at the party. I, I'm going to say, you know, it was really fun. I just started. I, I didn't have a good time when I got there. Like I got there and I was very uptight. I didn't know anybody, so I'm just like, I'm just going to get a drink. I went immediately to the bathroom, obviously, which was stupid. I'm just saying the bathroom was stupid. Then I saw their display of food, and I'm like. They're kidding, right? It was on a little table right out of Napoleon Dynamite. It might have been on like a, a propped up table and it was almost gone. It was only 7.30 and I'm like, wow, she did it again. This is Lee's wife, does not know how to cater a party. I complained about this on her 50th birthday. She does not know, him and her do not know how to put a party together. I mean, they put a nice party together. They just don't understand the food aspect. And maybe that's just me and my friend Lawrence being Jewish. <laughs> We're like, what the hell's up with the food? I never eat food at a party anyway. It doesn't matter. But the display was just awful. Like, it wasn't appetizing. And I, I, I don't know. Whatever it was, it left. And that's where I went to the bathroom up there. And then I immediately went to go get a drink at the bar. And I said, I'm just going to stick with beer and shots. That's what I'm going to do today. Definitely not getting a high because I know I got to drive home. But I don't mind getting fucked up because I'll come down. By the time I need to go, I know it. As long as I stick to this, I don't do any vodka. I don't do anything else. I just stick with beer and Jameson. I know I can handle that. It's a mental preparation. It's just get down all over again. It really is. So I had the beer in the shed, and then I'm starting to feel much better. Much better. I'm talking to everybody. I found my friend Lawrence comes in. Really happy to see him. And uh, Lee's brother I was talking to. But mostly the whole night I was talking to their uh, gay cousin, Aaron, who's the best guy. I tried to set him up with Mateo, and Mateo's like, look, I don't want to be set up with anybody anymore. Everybody's been trying to set me up with stuff. I'm done. I said, sorry, Aaron, there's nothing I can do. I thought they'd hit it off. Not only do they look kind of look alike, which I guess isn't the way to set up somebody, but um, you know, he's a musician and a piano player, so I thought that was perfect for Mateo because that's where gay cabaret singers like to get together. You know, you're usually sleeping with your piano player. 
I mean, men and women throughout the ages, that's always been the way. Well, not so much Barry Manilow and Bette Midler, but well, you know what I'm saying. So I thought maybe that they could, but Marin's such a great guy, and we know each other from the tailgates, and he's really fun. So we just had a great night together. He's got like five other brothers and sisters. They were all there. They're all kind of gorgeous, you know, and uh, or maybe they were nephews. I don't know what the hell they were. They are these young kids. And then his mother just kept, I mean, really, there's no other way to say it. She just kept hitting on me like she was just touching me and not letting go. And I was embarrassed because like, then her husband would come over and I'm like, please don't, please stop touching me. It's, it's making me very uncomfortable. I mean, she was really nice and everything, but she's like, you don't remember me, do you? And I'm like, no, of course I do. Of course I do. I have no idea what she was talking about, and I certainly didn't know she was Aaron's mom. But what I'm saying is all these things were a good time. And then, right, and then his brothers went up on stage and sang, what did they sing? An all American... They sang an American Girl by Tom Petty. Now, that's funny. It might, I don't think they got the joke that they were doing it. Why would you sing that song in a man's 60th? You know? So it's stupid. And they weren't very good. And uh, But they were easy to make fun of. And then mostly it was just a DJ. But there was dancing. And I did some dancing. Because, you know, at one point, I really, you know, I was wasted. And I was ready for action. That's super fun, Jessica Dan. And when Super Fun Jessica Dan comes out, it's a party. So everyone's having a good time. I was doing my classic Jessica Dan dance moves, which have been legendary for years. People love when I dance on a dance floor because they are not normal dance moves. They're not like Elaine's, but they're somewhere. I'd say it's more like Anthony Michael Hall and 16 Candles. Very hot. Very hot. Just kind of bouncing around and doing stupid. But now that I'm older, I've had to change my dance moves up. And they're even more classic. I mean, they're funny. My friend Kenny used to have amazing dance moves. Like really weird, but really mesmerizing. Like you couldn't take take your eyes off him. He's a heavy guy, but he had really good dance moves and you enjoyed watching it. So I don't know whether my but people like to laugh at it. That's fine with me. I don't know anything about dancing. I mean, I know yeah, you know, I mean certainly I took dance um, so I try really hard, but it's not it's not easy. And uh, I just do the best I can to try and make it look like I'm having a good time, which I am, even though I'd rather be at home watching TV, obviously. So there's pictures of all of this. I will show most of them on the bonus show, and then you can see there might even be some videos. So you'll be able to see that if you are indeed a Maggie Level subscriber on Patreon. And why wouldn't you be? Because it's the best thing to be. I'm not asking you to you know do it but if you know but you should join patreon anyway even at the three dollar level the bernie level what's the bernie level the maggie level what's the one oh the calico level it's a classic level too the five dollar one patreon join me dave Juskow, and my patreon page all things Juskow. plus i uh, get to communicate with everybody which is very very nice and you get the podcast early <laughs> i don't know why i did it like that anyway it was a pretty fun time I got to talk to everybody, and I stayed until the very end, until the very, very end, and then I always try and help clean up and bring stuff to the cars. Meanwhile, I couldn't believe it. You know, we're talking to these people, and I guess we're on our way out. They're all yelling, like, Jessica, how are you going to get home? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Don't worry about me. Just shut the fuck up. Remember, I'm very angry that my, quote, best friend Lee and his wife, and I think I told you this last week, Lee and I had to finally talk, and I said, Listen, and I was honest with him. I think I told you this last week. 
I am supposed to be treated like a special person. When I say special, I mean the old-fashioned word retarded person. I am your retarded friend. Let's just say I'm on the spectrum. And I needed to be treated differently. You have to treat me special because I am an idiot. So you should know that if you're not having people stay over your house or you're doing all this stuff, but for Juskow, there's an exception because he's a moron. And and that he could understand because at least it's being very honest that I need special treatment. I'm not an adult. I need special treatment from everybody else. And they also know I didn't have any money for a hotel, at least at the time. Plus, I wouldn't have stayed in a hotel anyway. I hate that. So I'm hanging out, and uh, we're, we're cleaning stuff up, and we, we're walking outside, and somebody goes, oh, here, you forgot this, my gift. Apparently, nobody bought a gift except me and Lawrence. Now, I don't know what the hell that's all about. Oh, congratulations with your new Woodstock friends who ate your food and drank your liquor for free and didn't bring you any gifts. What the fuck is that? So only his high school friends bought him gifts? I couldn't believe it. I'm like, why, why is mine the only one? He goes, well, nobody else got me a gift. I'm like, what the fuck? What the, what, how were these people bought up? So you're saying your, your one retarded friend bought you a gift and no one else. I mean, this is ridiculous. So I was like really pissed that they almost forgot it too. You know, I mean, I wrapped it up. You know what? I bought him that, that, that spatula or whatever it was, which he really liked. At least his wife was like, that's such a nice, that's a real gift. I think they were expecting a, a gag gift. But, you know, when you buy a, an abundance of gag gifts through the years, when you get something meaningful, then I guess it's more special. So, I mean, even if, but it was, I mean, they really liked it. So, which is good. But anyway, that's not the point. So we go to the car and Aaron goes, I'm going to drive you. And then his mother just goes, Aaron, you're just as drunk as he is, but whatever. I let him go in the car. I'm not going to, I don't care about anybody. If we're going to Lee's house, we're all going to Lee's house, hang out a little bit more. I don't care if he drives through the woods. I don't know how to get there. Uh, so it doesn't bother me. I was just afraid is the car going to start. And certainly it didn't look like it was going to, but it did. So uh, he took me home, and I, I was like, Jesus Christ, I never would have known how to get here, so thank you. And then uh, I went to their house, and I, you know, had so I'm like, well, and they, I said, what do you have at the house? Oh, we got plenty to drink. They had nothing to drink. I don't know what beer they had. It was some stupid beer that's dumb. They had nothing. They don't prepare nothing. They, they had some leftover food there from the party, but it was like a big cut of annoying meat that you had to sit there with a knife and fork. I mean, that's what they were giving out at the party. A bad piece of fish. It was awful. It was the worst catering job of all time, and they really don't know how to throw a party. I mean, like I said, they knew how to throw the party party part, but then, you know, everybody wants food. Like, they don't know how to set up the house for after or anything. Like, what if people come over? They just, it's it's bad. But I didn't care. I still wanted to keep drinking. I was ready. I knew my plan. I didn't know what time it was. I didn't care. I knew it was still dark out, so I was okay. If it started to get light, I was going to start to panic. So all these kids end up going in the pool. I definitely wasn't going to the pool. So it's all these young boys, shirtless, and I was just doing the Paul Lynn the whole time, sitting and drinking my beer with that guy's mother and, and the gay kid. <laughs> it was so weird. And I'm like, oh, fellas, 
stop splish splashing around. <laughs> I mean, really, it's just really funny. Uh, these guys, these perfect looking guys. We don't see that at Jewish people's parties. It's not like that. They were they were roughhousing. Are you boys roughhousing? <laughs> it was really funny. And I'm sitting there going like, yeah, I'm sitting with the gay guy. And he's telling me, yeah, I'm sitting with my gay friend, Dave. <laughs> he's probably on his podcast. He's, it was obviously gay because he couldn't stop commenting on my uh, my brothers and uh, my uh, my cousin's uh, topless uh, shirts. But, you know, they were all like perfect build. We don't come from places like that. And, uh, yeah, and his sister was like 15. And they're like, um, you know, weird Catholic people. Like, uh, that's why they have so many kids. Because, you know, I told you one of the cousins, not them, I think, who knows, um, is unvaccinated and he's a virgin. He doesn't want to wait to get married and... He's the reason I'm not going to London because what a piece of shit he is. You got to be kidding me. The kid's miserable. It's The religious beliefs are like the absolute worst. I mean, when they get to that level. And what did we talk about yesterday? They got like six, got like five brothers and sisters. Some of them are like 40. She's 15. You know, I mean, it's like really weird. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm giving that 15-year-old girl like shit like nonstop. And she's not laughing at any of it. I'm like... You got to have a quinceanera. That's the most important thing. And that's hilarious because they probably hate anything Spanish. I mean, they're very nice people. So I'm putting words in their mouth. But like, boy, you should have seen her face. I'm like, well, you're at least having a sweet 16, right? And she's like, what? What's that? And I'm like, wait, where do you live and grew up again? I don't understand. Anyway, the whole time they're like, Jessica, you can't drive home. You can't drive. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Just shut up. What do you want me? She's like, Jessica, this is Laura's going. You got to stay here. And I'm like, you want, now you want me to stay here? Now it's okay to stay here? Why wasn't it okay to stay here an hour ago? Why wasn't it okay to stay here two weeks ago, a month ago when you told me all this? I don't understand. And you know what? No one stayed in their house except Lee's brother, who's my friend from high school too. I mean, no one was staying there. Why couldn't I stay there? Why wasn't I allowed to stay there? No one else stayed there. I'm very upset about that. And then they were like, oh, you should stay here. And I'm like, shut the fuck up and stop telling me what to do. I have this planned out perfectly. And I was up and about. I, everybody was lounging. Lee was falling asleep. And I was still going. I was making jokes. I was drinking. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and then I realized it was 2 in the morning. And I'm like, geez, I better get out of here. Again, being the last one to leave. Everybody left. And I'm like, I'm going to go. They're like, Jessica, you should stay. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Don't tell me I can stay now just because you feel guilty because you guys suck. I got this planned out to a T. I'm feeling real good right now. I got no issues. If I really felt I couldn't at least make the half hour drive to this rest area that I had planned, I wouldn't do it. And I was up and never drowsy. And I was in the car going through these woods that where, you know, where it was terrifying if my car didn't start again, you know, like every time I turn the key, I'm like terrified. Like there's like a bomb under my seat, uh, turning the key, like getting nervous. But I went through and it's like 20 minutes of just woods driving. And I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. Like, you know, you have to wear your high beams, the, the whole, you have to put on your high beams the entire time. And, but you know, whatever, but I was perfectly good completely focused and then i made it to the highway and i made it to that rest area with no issues i wasn't trying to keep myself awake i mean i was trying to keep myself more awake coming back from my mother's house the other day than this i was wide awake and felt very sober i you know what do you want me to tell you 
This is the uh, what I do. And this is what I was trying to tell everybody. Look, I got this all planned out. Just shut up. Don't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. Oh, I was getting on my fucking nerves, man. Everybody, oh, you should stay over. Shut up. Oh, my God. Right? right? I can't stop talking. I already said it. I should move on. But that's how much it's bothering me that these people are just complete assholes. They tell you to stay after they tell you you couldn't stay, which way I had to put all this together. Ugh. Please. So I make it to this rest area. I pull in. I'm like, all right, here's where my car is definitely not going to start. But that's okay. At least I'm parked in a rest area. There's a McDonald's there. Remember, I, I, I planned all this. I mapped all this out. I go into the McDonald's. Now it's 3 in the morning, and they're open. I couldn't believe it. I was just going to get a cup of coffee, but I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll have breakfast. So I had, like, an Egg McMuffin and, uh, you know, a hash brown and coffee and orange juice. And the lady was really nice at the counter, and she's like, well, it's going to take some while. a while. I'm like, well, I'm, it's fine with me. I'm just planning on sleeping here anyway, so it doesn't matter. So I might have been waiting, like, 10 or 15 minutes. But then a tell called. It was a perfect time for him to call. I had nothing but time to talk to him. It was great while I was waiting. So I just talked to David Tell while I'm waiting for my McDonald's order. I mean, it couldn't have been a more perfect time to talk. He's always up at three in the morning. And then you say to yourself, thank God I got friends like this. Even though it's annoying when he calls at three in the morning when I'm trying to go to sleep for work. But boy, thank God I can talk to somebody at three in the morning live. He's not even, he's in New York. He's like, I just came back from the cellar. It's not like he's in California or anything. It was terrific. So then they finally bring out my food and the coffee, and I go in the car. I have the coffee. I have the oranges. I eat everything. And then I set my alarm for, I don't know, an hour and 40 minutes later. I figure that's what I'll do. And I try and fall asleep. I fall asleep with the car off because I don't want to keep running the air conditioner. And the window's cracked a little bit, but it's a little steamy outside. But it's not the worst night. And obviously, you get nervous being in one of those parking lots that the windows open. I, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. But I was able to pass out for, I don't know, twenty minutes to a half hour, I think. And then I, and then it was just too hot to sleep. So then I put my car. I'm like, all right, screw it. I'll turn on the air conditioning. But by then it was over. There was no way I was going to fall back asleep. So I just had a little bit more orange juice, and I just took off. And uh, said, I, I, I feel good. I know I can make it. And um, I did. I went right back in the city. Was, again, never sleepy, never trying to keep myself awake. I was wide awake. I don't know why. I guess because I had it planned in my head that this is what I was going to do today. So I was ready for it. Remember, it's a, it's a mental Jessica Dan-like thing. I was prepared for it. So I was, you know, that little half-hour nap was the key. And then I'm like, you know, I was going to park by my house and then get home and take a nap before I had to work at 8 a.m. And then I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to want to fall asleep after 4 o'clock. I, I know I'm going to want to fall asleep. I'm not going to want to move the car. I've got too much to do. If I got to get out, move the car again, then come back. And I can't do it Monday because I'll be, you know, whatever. Maybe I better park the car in the garage. So I changed the route. I parked the car in the garage. It says I'm going to get there at 6.30. I'm like, that's even... That's too early. Like, I want to get there exactly at 8 and just start working. But I parked the car in the garage at 6.30. Then I took a city bike to my to my apartment. I'm like, are you going to be kidding me? This is hilarious. And I guess I got home around 7. And then I took a nap for like 45 minutes. And then I worked from 8. We did, um, Alon and I did the podcast at 1. 
And then at 4 o'clock, I went right to bed for two hours, woke up at 6, might have eaten something, and then went to bed at 9.30 for the rest of the night. It was fantastic. Remember, it was a test of endurance and awesomeness. And once again, Jessica Dan proves that only Jessica Dan can do what no one else can do for truth, justice, and the American way. Now, it wasn't, well, maybe, you know, I was going to say it wasn't the true Jessica Dan character, but I think it was. I think it was. Why wouldn't it be? I had to make a mindset. I had to plan. Even though I was drinking, I'm like, I also need a sobering up time in my head. It's like uh, Kramer when he goes, um, "What? set your internal clock for 6 a.m. Uh, got it. <laughs> and then, of course, he oversleeps. I must have hit the snooze. But that didn't happen to Jessica Dan. He made it and and was did everything, did all the obligations he was supposed to do, did it happily, and never complained. Was it a tough day at work? Kind of, but not really. And I made it until Monday morning when I went to the office, and I got to say, I was completely refreshed. I'm like, good morning. Well, I didn't say good morning to anybody because no one was there. So I was able to read the paper. I made a couple of calls. No one's in the office on Mondays except me by myself. You know, meanwhile, I had to get ready for my party where I was going to drink again and then figure out how I was going to go to work on Tuesday. And I already told them in advance, I'm going to be drunk on Monday, so can I work from home on Tuesday? But then I was like, knowing that I had to go to the comedy salon, what's the point of working at home? But then, you know, I'm like, well, I'll think about it. I'll make a last-minute decision. And they knew that. So it was cool. So I went to work on Monday, and I ate, you know, the lunch and everything. So everything was good stomach-wise. I'm ready to drink. And I went to my bar right by the comedy cellar at 5 o'clock exactly and started drinking. And the first person to show was my friend Lawrence. And it was great. I couldn't believe he showed. And just people trickled in, left, trickled in, left. It was beautiful. It was exactly what I wanted. It was super, super fun. Uh, One of my new friends from work came with her husband, which was terrific. My friend Laura came who's coming to my birthday tomorrow. Uh, my, my new friend I'm replacing her with, Jasmine, came, and she looked amazing. She really is a stylish dresser. She looks so cool. She was wearing, like, ripped dream, jeans and a black shirt. She looked amazing. And, and then, you know, Dino Stamatopoulos came, who's amazing. Uh, I haven't seen him in such a long time. It was so much fun to hang out with him. And his daughter came. I haven't seen her since she was born. Maybe I saw her at the age of seven now she's 22. The two of them together are hilarious. I couldn't believe that that she came, but it was great hanging out with him. He likes drinking. He's so much fun. We get along so well. I showed my nieces the picture of him because he's in community and they worship community. So they were like, wait, you hung out with Starburns? And I'm like, yeah. And uh, he's so funny. He was on Mr. Show. He won an Emmy for the Ben Stiller Show. This is Team of Stan Topless. We did, uh, uh, what was it, the... Uh, TV Funhouse together. We've had a lifetime of experiences together, but he moved to LA, so we don't hang out that much anymore. But we had a really good time. I was glad he came. Uh, beautiful Kate came. You know, yes, she, is she mean and nasty? Yes, but she's so hot. And she bought me another steamer, <laughs> which was really nice <laughs> again, because she knows I did. And uh, Memo came, and Atel came. Uh, Chris Mazzilli from Gotham came with his girlfriend the owner of uh, Gotham, which was great. And it was just really terrific. Everybody just kept coming in and out. I had a good time. 
I really had a good time. I was having a good time. I was glad everybody was there. I was glad my thing. Natterman came. You know, not a lot of comics came from the cellar, which was fine too. Uh, I don't know what happened that day where everybody wasn't working at the cellar on a particular Monday, but it didn't matter to me. I was really glad I did this. Glad I had a good time. And I stayed much longer. Remember, I was going to go five to midnight, but I ended up leaving at two in the morning. And leaving at two in the morning was... Uh, oh, right. So Memo drove me home. That's right. That's right. He drove me home. I'm like, because I was like, now what do I do? I'm not going to walk home. I, I'm obviously going to take a cab, even though I'm, you know, kind of drunk. Um, but again, uh, yeah, well, I wasn't. I, I think I stay, stick with the same thing beer and shots. People kept buying me shots. But I have a limit. I have a limit. I really can't do more than three Jameson shots. I think I had at both places four beers and three Jameson shots. Attell kept buying me shots. I just left it. I couldn't drink anymore. I was going to throw up. So I have a limit. And I think that's, I guess, I guess I know my limit. So that's why it's okay to be like, I feel like I could drive home. Not now. I mean, I need a little break from drinking, you know, but uh, I feel like in an hour, I could probably make it home, you know, but I, there, I was just leaving in the moment. Anyway, I was glad Memo brought me home. And then I, I fell asleep and I woke up at like 630. Like I got home around three, I guess. And then I woke up at, or I watched TV for a while, and then I woke up at like 6.30. And I remember thinking, well, I could go to work. There's no reason I can't go to work. But I'm like, why should I? They said it would be okay to work from home. You know it'll be an awesome day working from home. And I got to say, it was an awesome day working from home. So much so that I was like, man, if I could do this every week, if I could just work Mondays and Wednesdays, which sounds ridiculous with a break in between, Man, when I went to work on Wednesday, I was so refreshed. It was fantastic. Working from home on the weekday is even more perfect than working on the Saturdays and Sundays. It's really convenient. Now, that day, I definitely ordered McDonald's, for like, mostly because I didn't want to go out to get coffee. So, you know, they deliver it. McDonald's coffee is really good. But that was a really good hangover. I don't really get that hungry afterwards, but it's, uh, it is good hangover food, but I'm not... But but it, it, who am I kidding? It was delicious. It was fantastic. And I didn't have to eat the rest of the day. I think I when I came home on Tuesday night, I just had some leftover Domino's, like two slices of pizza. It was good. McDonald's will fill you up for the whole day. But I worked until four. I showered. I got dressed. I went downtown again. Took the city bike downtown now that they don't have the scooters. Went down. Did the Comedy Cellar show. It was fantastic. It was really, it, I mean, I, I was like, now I don't want to go out. I mean, I certainly didn't want to go out in the sense of, uh, you know, after the show, because I was, you know, exhausted again. I'm like, eh, it'd be better to take a nap. Maybe I did. No, no, I didn't take a nap. Oh, I know what. I took a nap at lunch hour. It was beautiful. I took a, a nap at one because I didn't have to go to lunch. I took a nap. That is where working from home is the key. Because then it's like, I don't understand how the people at the jobs don't understand this. I... A 40-minute nap, I'm going to be more productive when I wake up. So you should want me to work from home because I'm going to be up and ready to go for my last couple of hours. I'm just saying. Taking a nap, that's why it sucks doing the podcast, the Billy Joel podcast at 1 o'clock because that's usually my nap time. And then I'm, I can be a productive member of society afterwards. It's fantastic. But I will just say that, uh, yes, Monday was as successful as I wanted it to be. It was perfect, and I felt, all right, now I have celebrated my birthday, and I can move on, even though the celebrations will continue, which is wonderful. So Wednesday, I go to work. 
and I'm feeling like a million bucks. I have a good time. Uh, my new lunch friends, my new 19-year-old friend, Toothy. <laughs> no, her name is Teethy. And she says, oh, it's an ancient Sanskrit. And I'm like, what? Isn't that from Harry Potter? And she's my 19-year-old friend whose last day is Monday. I'm like, we should have a cake for Teethy, who I just really want to keep calling Toothy. And she's so funny. Well, I told my other work, uh, Walgreens, that I, I'm going to have trouble coming in on Sunday. I'm like, wait, you also work at Walgreens? I mean, you are hilarious. I know I talked about it last week, but it's so funny me eating with a 19-year-old and everybody else is like in their 20s and 30s. It's, it's hilarious, but it's really fun. It makes for a fun lunch in the cafeteria. So I was in a pretty good mood, and I didn't have anything to do that night, thank God, and I was thrilled about that, and I walked. No, you know what? I walked home, and it was really hot. So I made it all the way to 32nd and 3rd. And then I'm like, I'm taking the bike. And I couldn't find an electric bike, so I took the regular bike. And that really was some hustling. By the time I got home, I was like, but it was great. I mean, you know, I'd really work. I mean, I told you, the bike is probably a better deal than walking, I guess. A regular bike, not the electric bike, which is cheating. But I was like, I can't take it anymore. I can't take, I got to take the bike the rest of the way. I mean, I walked, what, three or four miles. I just, the last mile, I couldn't, I couldn't make it. It was really hot. And to do that in a, you know, dress pants and a tie is not right. You know, if you're wearing an outfit where you're wearing sneakers and you're wearing sweats or whatever, or shorts or whatever, I mean, you know, if you're ready to do a walk where you're sweating and you're doing it for exercise, that's different. Then you're an idiot if you give up, you know, but if you're just walking from work and this is what you're doing for exercise. Meanwhile, I think I've gained six pounds since I've worked there, even though I'm walking 15 miles. Obviously, the eating is out of control and drinking. So even though I pretty much burn it all off, I eat so much that I don't burn it off enough, which is hilarious. But then Wednesday, I didn't want to do anything. I could have done something, but I'm like knew I was going to the beach with my sister to see David Elliott and his wife, who's now his wife. So I'm like, well, what time do you want us to get there? Because I want to do the routine, which is always kind of riding bikes around and then going to get like a bagel with coffee, you know, and then finally going to the beach like around whenever we get back. We've had this routine for a long time, but it was a Thursday, not Saturday. So I didn't mind not sticking to it. Sometimes I get there at eight in the morning but we just got there at 10, which was fine. I remember, right, I hadn't slept all night again. I was having trouble sleeping. But I got up and I w- left the garage at 7.30. Right, right. Got the garage, of course, the car wouldn't start. So I had to help them start it again. And then it's fine. And I got there even early. I got there at uh, 9.40. My sister came down and we went. He drove us to the bagel place to have, and we ate outside because it wasn't that bad. And I had the bagel. I always have the uh, turkey bacon, egg and cheese, which usually gets me sick, but I can't help it. And uh, we sat outside and we drank uh, the coffee and uh, had a very nice time. And then we went to the beach, which was perfect at around noon. And my sister and I were there all day till like seven o'clock at night. We were like, wait, how did it happen that it got so late? Because I, I guess, but that's what happens there. You know, we drink there. So he has special tequila. Oh, also he told me, so... You know, he just got married, but his wife was, uh, her name is Suta, and she she is a, a badass 
marathon person. Like she runs marathons, she wins. She's done the triathlons with the water and the biking and the stuff, and she wins these events. But sometimes, last year he told me she got so drunk, which happens to all of us, but they went to the Mets game together, and she got so drunk. And I just heard this story the other day, and I can't even believe it, and I had to tell you, and I I even said, I got to talk about this in the podcast. I'm sorry. This is too epic gold. She got, this is when you know you've had, and she's, and she's changed since then. <laughs> like, I think she's uh, taken down her intake of alcohol. But this is the best. And this would do it to anybody. They're at the Mets game right behind the home dugout, right behind the Mets dugout. And she was so, I guess, crazy. The Mets players came out of the dugout and told her to keep it down. Now, that's when you win the prize of, <laughs> of being, that's the story. Well, how drunk was she? Well, the Mets players had to come out and tell her to please keep it down. <laughs> Jake, Jacob DeGrom came out and said, listen, um, your voice is making my arm hurt again. I'm not going to be able to pitch for a while. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. But yes, the players came out of that. He just told me that yesterday. I'm like, how could you have not told me that? That's unbelievable. What? Yeah. Uh, Buck Showalter came out of the dugout and he's like, Either you keep your lady in check or I'll do it for... No, no, that didn't happen either. But I'm, it, that is the best story I've maybe ever heard. And the only other way it would be funnier is if it happened to me. And somebody... And Rachel was on this podcast saying, well, Jessica, remember when uh, you got so drunk at the Mets games? Which has happened multiple times. And Jacob DeGrom had to come out and uh, tell you to be quiet. And you were like, shut up, DeGrom. <laughs> So that's the best. Anyway, you know, my sister's also a runner too. So uh, they were getting along. So so we got, and we were just drinking, they were drinking tequila. I just had beer and I guess a little scotch. And it was just great. It was a great beach day. Perfect beach day. I was a little nervous taking off my shirt. You know, I was like kind of giving this summer a washout. And uh, I'm like, ah, what are you going to do? I'm so glad I went. Oh, that's the problem is that it was their anniversary and he forgot. <laughs> he forgot He forgot to tell her that he was inviting us down. He gave me a bunch of dates at the beginning. It's not his fault, really. He just kind of gave me a bunch of dates at the beginning of the summer that were good. And Oh, right, the 11th. Oh, uh, listen, can you guys leave? But we just got here. But it was fun. So we all celebrated, had some champagne. He got a little cake. It was really a great day, I got to say. And then... We went in the ocean. And this is the biggest deal for me. And he was like, hey, we're going in the ocean, right? My sister's like, we're going in the ocean, right? Because sometimes people don't go in the ocean. You know, they just kind of sit around. And, of course, he's got the cabana, so it's easy to just – I sit inside. But I actually sat outside because they have this big uh, – what's it called? Cool, something, a tent that is big that can, you know, just sit on the beach so it's, so it's okay. Because I could not sit on the beach. I haven't been out in the sun in two, three years. You know, you can't just go out there and sit on the beach and hope to get – a tan, you know, get my burn. And he's got all the suntan lotion and stuff in there. So it's all good. You spray it on and I, I'm fine. I didn't burn at all, which is a miracle for me. Even the top of my head is not burned, but I look perfect. I look like I was out in the sun. Like, I, I, I don't know. I got the exact amount of right of sun, which never happens to me, especially after not seeing the sun for like years. 
But we went in the ocean, and I'll tell you, it was so much fun. The waves weren't that bad, which is good for me and Beth. And it's just, there's something about going in the ocean where I just feel complete, where I feel like now, I, now I'm done. You know, now it's, now it's a party. Now I've done what I need to do because I'm so worried about going in a pool or going in the ocean that I'm like, you know, and then you feel like you've worked out because there's so much activity or the waves are crushing you. You know, you're panting. You're, there is some form of workout with your arms and your legs and everything. So we come out, I'm like, oh, yeah. But it's like a great feeling. You know, I'm, I'm sure you know. I just don't experience as much as I'd like to. So when I came out, then I don't even mind. You know, I'm coming out topless. <laughs> and I can say that because of my boobs. <laughs> but I'm coming out of the water. I'm coming out like Daniel Craig in that first James Bond Casino Royale. I'm coming out like Ursula Andrews out of the water like that. What's up? I kept telling my sister, I'm like, gonna let me talk to the lifeguards for me. Hey, how you guys doing? Because it was too, I'm like, oh, I, I wouldn't have gone if I knew the two girls were on duty. And who am I kidding? I'd be totally embarrassed in front of the men too. But I wanted to go over to the lifeguard town and be like, so how you guys doing? You working hard or hardly working? <laughs> am I right, guys? She's like, I'll give you a million dollars. Oh, I was like, no, I can't do it. But I, oh, there's something about just playing in the ocean like you're a child, which is just so much fun. There's so much activity in the the little waves, you know? I mean, you get worried about sharks, but just don't go out that far, I guess. Certainly, I was a little worried. I mean, that's all they ever talk about. There's sharks everywhere. But it was perfect. And then I felt like I'm like, this is a great day. And then I just kept my, once, once that's done, you know, I can be topless on the beach. Yeah, I don't look great, but I don't even care anymore. We sat down, drank some more. By the time we knew it, it was like 6.30. He had some other friends come over that I'd known from Olga and I doing some show for them last October. Because I told, you know, they're like, could you book the show? And I'm like, sure. And I said I could do it for him next year, too. And these guys are nice guys. And we all hung out and had a good time. And everybody comes by because they all know Dave, uh, you know, from just the cabana. You know, everybody knows everybody from the cabanas. And we were there till like 6.30. So we were there for like seven hours which I could never do if they didn't have the cabana, you know, if there wasn't a, a point zero where I can go in for relief. But we really didn't need it that time because they have this new top. I'm trying to make expressions with my hands that really keeps you cool and in the shade. But then it got breezy. Then the wind was going like it was windy, but it was like, you know, it was really nice. And then Beth and I went to change. I had to get out of my wetsuit. She didn't get out of her wet. She didn't care. It was dry, I guess. But mine was like, I got to handle this wetsuit. That's the best feeling in the world. You take off the wetsuit, you put on something dry. That's the best. And then we decided to go out for dinner. We decided to take a walk because it was so nice. It was a perfect night out on the beach. Like, let's let's walk on the boardwalk a little bit. She was in no rush to go home. Like, nobody texted either of us. It was the strangest thing. Like, there was no responsibilities. I don't know, for both of us, her, she's a, you know, a mom. Yeah, nobody texted us yesterday. I, I don't know what happened. Usually I get some sort of text. I'm like, oh, I should answer this person back. Nothing. I don't know what happened. And so we walked down. I'm like, oh, let's get something to eat. And we went to this place, took a picture. I think it's called McCoon's. <laughs> I hope that's not what it's called. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but I had a, um, well, we both had the shrimp cocktail, which made me so happy that Beth wanted her own. And then I had the pen, penny alla vodka. And she had the lobster ravioli, and it was goddamn delicious. The guy, the, Our waiter was amazing. Because first I got angry because he took care of these people that came before us, but he was so pleasant and so nice. 
And the guy that puts the cheese on, you know, that's my favorite thing. They got the real great cheese. The guy's grating it. And he's like, tell me when to stop. I'm like, no, you're going to have to get another block of cheese. And that you, that could go either way with the guy, but the guy was really cool. He goes, no, no, I, I like it. The more I can do this, the more I don't have to go back in the kitchen. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, then keep it coming, my man. Oh, I love a lot of Parmesan cheese on top of it. That's so good. And we just had this beautiful view of the beach, and I'm just hoping it's captured on the uh, the bonus show that you can see what we were just looking at while we were eating. It was extremely present. I told you this is where I want to live. And it's not a bad idea. And it's really fun. It's a festive place to live in the summer and quiet in the winter. And I like that. And then and then my sister was like, I'm so excited for the ride home. Just kind of being alone and just driving. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, maybe I am. I don't know. Because <laughs> I, you know, I really had to go to the bathroom. But and I wanted to wait, see if I could wait to get home by that time. No diarrhea or anything. I just... Mm. Might be time to go. I drove, uh, right, I was going to stop the, re- but I had to get gas. I was totally out of gas. I okay, with Woodstock and everything, and I think it cost me, uh, even though gas prices are going down, I think it cost me like 70 bucks. Tank was all low. I was upset about that a little bit. So I go to this place where I, in Edison, New Jersey, where I grew up. That's where I always get my gas, right? I get off the parkway, the turnpike, and I stop at this place. Usually the cheapest, but this time it was $4.13. I even filled in the thing for Waze. Because then, you know, you become like a, they send you on the good directions if you uh, give them help. Very important, you know. So I fill in. I'm like, well, let me tell them what the, the real prices here are. And they like that. You get special treatment, you know, if you help them out. So I pull the car over to this, uh, you know, the little grocery store that I go in where I get like sometimes chips for the next week or, or cupcakes and, or, and, and some coffee. I'm like, let me get a little coffee for the road just in case, because I'm starting to you know, feel, which is so funny that I had no problems coming back from Woodstock, but here, well, I guess out in the sun and drinking all day, it was like hard, but I wasn't drunk or anything. At the restaurant, we only had, I think I had a Coke. So I um, you know, go to the store, and I, I pull over to the parking lot, and this is the time. After all this, my car did not start. After all the travel, all the Woodstock and the nervousness and all that kind of stuff, the car did not start, and I and I had. Now Beth bought me a, a you know, a, a battery, a, a charger thing, a long time ago. But if you remember correctly, I it might have been on Thanksgiving. It didn't work when I tried it, but I don't think it was charged. So lately, I've been when I'm at home, wherever I am, I'm charging it, so it's fully charged. But I the last time I charged it was at my mom's last Thursday. And I'm like, geez, there's nothing I can do. I forgot to bring it home with me this time. I have to hope for the best. So it's, so it's not starting. It's doing the thing. And I'm like, wow, this is so funny. But it's a good place to be stuck. I'm in a gas station. Now, maybe they have charge. I don't know. That's what I was trying to think. I wonder if in this day and age, a gas station has a charging kit. Now, maybe they do. But I didn't even give it a second thought. I'm so used to opening that trunk, and I know exactly where to put the stuff that I can. It's just they're very short cables. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to do it myself. I open it up. I get the kit out. I press the button. I'm putting it on the thing. And I'm hoping, and and, and it's just, I, I mean, the, the only part I had is putting the battery, like I was trying to, so it doesn't slip off. The cables are so tiny because it's a very small kit. Worked like a charm. Couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, it's a miracle. 
I couldn't believe it. I was, I was like, just got out. I didn't even, I didn't even, I wasn't even cursing about it. I wasn't upset about it, obviously, because I was parked in a really good place. I'm like, if I got to call AAA, I got to call AAA. It's not a big deal. It, it wasn't late. You know, it was like maybe it was 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock, whatever. It was like 9.30, I think. And I, and I couldn't believe the kit worked. And I, was char- I charged my own car with this small little kit. I can't believe it worked. Now, today, in case that happens again, I, I, char- I bought it home and I charged it fully. But I couldn't believe it worked. Went home flawlessly, except that 8th Avenue was closed, which was annoying. So there was all this traffic. You know, there's nothing worse when there's traffic when you're just trying to park the car. And you just, you're at the end of your journey and your day, and you're just trying to park the car in this traffic. That sucks. But parked the car, took the bike home. I wasn't in the mood to walk anymore. Had a wonderful evening. And it like, ah, oh, that was a, I, I remember coming home and being like out of breath and being like, oh, oh, that was a long day. <laughs> but it was awesome. I got a couple of packages from people. I got a package from Marcy. I haven't opened it yet. Got a package from my friend Aaron. I'm going to open them on my birthday, which is tomorrow. Again, recording this on Friday. Even the Amazon packages I got, which are like, you know, iced tea mix. I'm going to open them all on Saturday. (laughs) So it's a big birthday celebration. Now, Now, tonight, I am having dinner with Arnie Lang's sister, Stacy, and my friend Caitlin, whose dad owns the place we're going, which is uh, Dino and Harry's in Hoboken, Steak Place. So I'm planning on having a big meal, so I just had coffee today. Oh, and I had two munchkins because I've been eating way too much. So I'm going to meet Stacy. I'm going to try and get an update on what's happening with Sir Arthur Lang. Find out. We're going to have a nice meal in Hoboken. I'm going to have to now. I figure I got to take the car because it's hard to get back on the ferry. So I'll take the car to Hoboken. Then take it back home and then try and park it on the street if I can. It's not easy because it would be good to have by my house on Saturday when I leave to go to the Korean barbecue place with my sister and my cousins. I got to pick up my friend Laura. And now this time I said, I'll come get you because you're doing a favor coming to Jersey with me and celebrating my birthday with me. So I'll come pick you up. Now, you know how normally I make people either make me at the garage or my house. But she deserves to be picked up because she's doing me a favor. I mean, it's not like a favor favor. I mean, but but technically it is. If you ask a girl to come out and celebrate your birthday, you're, I mean, and, and saying, you know, meet me in Jersey. I mean, it's just, it's rude. I mean, if it's somewhere here, she can meet me at a restaurant, but she's my my date for the birthday. So she's doing me a favor in every way. She's coming out to Jersey, not minding being in the date rape van, which she should mind. And being my date for the dinner. So I don't mind picking her up. I just got to, you know, right after work, I go, go to Jersey, and it's a Saturday. It shouldn't be any problems, but you know how it is here. The fucking street fairs, open roads, all that crap where people who live here have trouble getting around because people seem to hate the people that live here. And why wouldn't you? It's all jealousy. I might have said that years ago, but now nobody's jealous. There's so much crime. And subway nonsense, it's very difficult. Very difficult here, but sometimes it can be a joy. But meanwhile, I'm going to Jersey Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that car, and now that I know I can start the car with the thing, now I'm not really that worried. So I guess we'll see. We'll see. And all of that 
starting with tonight, we'll tell on next week's show. Little thing we call Just Gotta See. How you doing? Yeah. And we also kind of made, Mike and I were talking about the Tuesday show because I'm still fascinated that they never want to take a break. Like I, You know, I'm taking a break on this show. I think next week is our, next week is our last week. Next week is our season finale <laughs> where we go full from September to New Year's. Next week is our season finale of Just Gow in the City. You'll have to live without me for a week. I don't know how you're going to do it. You can catch up on Billy Joel podcast. But they won't let me take a week off on the uh, Comedy Cellar Nightly Show, which I'm surprised about. I'm like, what do they care? So I might get a guest host, or we might go through. Mike and I were talking. Why bother doing the football picks? Nobody cares. It's all women on the thing. I mean, yes, I'm being sexist, but nobody cares about sports when they're in the chat room and stuff. But I guess we like doing it. And what's the big deal if we do a two-hour show and at 7 o'clock we start making picks? Nobody cares. But I think we're hiring this girl to be like a booker. So maybe everything will be organized and everything, which will be nice starting in September. So we're excited about the Tuesday show. I tell you, I love doing it from the cellar. It is fun not having to do work and just sitting in the chair and talking, not having to you know press the buttons and all that stuff. That Mike is such a good producer, the way he comes up with all the pictures, the way he came up with that. Uh, if you were watching that Lindsey Wagner picture that I only say I used to have a good time to on People Magazine before there was internet porn, <laughs> a picture of the bionic woman on the cover of, he found the exact picture. I was talking, I can't stop thinking about it because it meant so much to me as a kid. Her in this little dress, the bionic woman. And I'll tell you rotten kids, you have no idea how good you have it right now. When you have to... Uh, be the master of your own domain to a people magazine. Well, that's the way it used to be, kids. That's the way it used to be. Oh, have you heard any good news today, today? I want to hear what you have to say. Wait till I Very quickly in the news, I just want to say there was a horse. You know, they got horse-drawn carriages here in the city. You know about this. You see it in every movie. And one of the horses fell and uh, collapsed because he was probably dehydrated. It was really hot. I've been an advocate about the fact that I don't like those horses being around in the summer. I think there's a big difference, you know, in the fall and the winter. I think in the, they got to make a change. And these guys are like, oh, you're taking away our livelihood. I'm like, fuck you. These horses shouldn't be put out there in this kind of weather. There has to be a limit, but there's not. And one of the horses collapsed. And that's the last thing you want to see. They're overworking the horse. Apparently, the guy that was also working the horse was an asshole. He's like, get up. Get up. So now, now they've been talking about using electric cars for years. You know, those old-fashioned ones. What's wrong with that? That's a great idea. How about just that in the... Can't there be a mix? In the summer, you use the electric cars. In the fall, Christmas, use the horses. You know what I'm saying? But in the, in the dead of winter, in, in the def, definite, at least the heat of the summer, after Memorial Day... There should be no more horse-drawn carriages. These poor horses. Now, I know they live like we do. They all live in this environment. What are you going to do? They're made to live in heat. They're made to live in cold. But you're working them. You're forcing them to work. They're not, like, able to gallop and run free and rest and relax. You're, you know, you're leaving them on a Manhattan street with cars. They're probably terrified. I was really upset about that. And I hope somebody does something about it. And I don't know why this has to happen Yes, is a horse-drawn carriage through Central Park romantic and terrific and wonderful? It is. 
It, it really is. And it's what they, you know, why people love coming to the city. But I don't see why in the summertime, or at least, you know, check the weather over a certain amount. The horses shouldn't be allowed to work. You know, over 85 degrees or if the humidity is a certain amount. Electric cars, old-fashioned electric cars, wouldn't that be just as fun? I don't know. Maybe the clip-clop sound is the thing. But so come in the fall. Come in the fall. That's all I got to say. Jerk-offs. I'm still mad at that guy. Oh, boy. Oh, but I have to run into him. Kevin Federline, which used to be Britney Spears' husband, has been complaining that Britney Spears has kids that not only doesn't she see, they don't want to see her. We'd forgotten with all that conservative Tory ship or whatever, all those idiots that were like free Britney. You know, we forgot there were children in the mix. No one was talking that she had two kids where clearly this dude was taking care of them the whole time. I mean, did you all forget? Because I did. She's somebody's mom. She should still be locked up because she never mentioned the kids. It wasn't like being free of her father. It wasn't like, I want to see my kids. It was, I mean, apparently she's a bad mom too. We never hear about her kids. We forgot she had kids. It was like, oh, I'm so glad she's free of her father. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Everybody forgot she had two kids. And apparently there's a whole thing. He's got videos of her just screaming at him and being horrible. And I mean, he's a bag of shit too, but... Apparently, he's been a pretty good father, considering his mother is an absolute mess. And now she's out and about again, showing all these videos, but not doing any mothering. And and it's funny that all these people that are insane about making sure she was okay weren't thinking once about her kids. And neither did I. I forgot. I, I wonder if some of them are be like, oh, yeah, I forgot she had kids. What are we going to do about that? Hey, so I got a surprise for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sandy! Teddy? What are you, what are you doing here? I, I, I thought you were going back to Australia. We had a change of plan. I can't... <laughs> well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. Danny? <laughs> that's my name. Don't wear it out. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with me, baby? What's the matter with you? <laughs> what happened to the Danny Zuko I met at the beach? Well, I do not know. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe there's two of us, right? Why, why, why don't you take out a missing persons ad or, or, or try the yellow pages? I don't know. You're a fake and a phony, and I wish I'd never laid eyes on you. Whoa. Whoa. I wonder if she carries silver bullets. Yeah. (laughs) And finally, we talked about it on the Tuesday show, the Olivia Newton-John. She, boy, was she something else. That's why we were talking about Lizzie Wagner. I'm like, Olivia Newton-John was so beautiful, so talented, not as a dancer. Trust me. In Greece, she's lucky she can keep up. You watch Greece and you watch her dance. That's why they got rid of her in the dance. That's why they had to bring Chacha de Gregorio in. She couldn't keep up with John Travolta. She can't make those moves. That's why she's like, now, Olivia, you go. We're going to bring Chacha de Gregorio in because she is a real dancer. You're really cute. You sing flawlessly, but your dance moves are to shit what John Travolta's are, and it's a fact. It's like Ginger Rogers, Fred Astaire. Ginger Rogers was good at keeping up. 
keeping up with the great Fred Astaire. And speaking of Fred Astaire, we were talking about Xanadu. Oh, Xanadu. See, now I can play it. soundtrack it's so good xanadu is the worst movie but wow They make me sad about Olivia Newton-John being dead. So that's all that's going through my mind when I think about her. Um, it's no, you know, I mean, she hasn't been around for a while and stuff. But what we were talking about on the Tuesday show is that she was around way before Greece. She was a big pop star. But, you know, Greece brought her to this other stratosphere. There's no other way to put it, you know. And then it's funny. I was watching, you know, when I'm going through YouTube and looking up clips. I saw the music video for... Twist of Fate, which is the music video for the movie Two of a Kind. After her, I mean, think about this. Greece is the shit. Not only is it the word, it's the shit. And after Greece, they were the biggest stars on the planet. Greece was just the biggest thing there was, right? 1979, right? 78, 79. The Two of a Kind is in 1983. So that's about what four to five years tops later and both of the stars are done that's even after Olivia Newton-John with physical that's two years later and they're finished and that's why they put them together again in this awful awful comedy that doesn't work at all and they said well let's get them let's get the magic bats together again but it didn't work and then you say to yourself how could this not have worked but John Travolta was an idiot. He picked bad projects. And if he had somebody on his side, like if, if that was Tom Cruise, and he, was like, he would have figured it out somehow. Like do a better script. Do something much more entertaining to make it work. Because everybody wanted to see them back together again. They should have had their own television series. Everybody wants to see John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John together all the time. Every time. It's a, one of the greatest pair-ups in movie history since Hepburn and Tracy. So all they needed to do was not fuck up their next picture, and they did. And they really should have given it a third try, 
just to see if that one was a flaw, kind of like the way they do with Star Trek and bringing that back. Star Trek 1, although some people tell you it's okay, it stinks. The movies I'm talking about, they bring back the movie. It's the worst movie ever. They have to bring it back because Star Wars was such a hit. They're like, well, we should bring Star Trek back again. Meanwhile, they tried again, and they did Star Trek 2. And I, I needn't I tell you what Star Trek did, Star Trek 2 did for everything you see today. And not only did it bring, you know, that series and go seven movies, then the next generation spawns off from that, then all these other projects, and that's all thanks to trying again in Star Trek 2. That's all thanks to say, eh, we fucked up with number one. Let's try number, let's try another one. I think if uh, John Travolta and Olivia trying to try it again, I, I don't know. Who, who doesn't want to see them together? Why does that movie suck so much? It's annoying that it sucks so much, but the uh, opening song was another number one hit for her, and then it was over. And Travolta's career was over until um, Quentin Tarantino picked him up, took him out of oblivion, and put him in Pulp Fiction, and he was reborn. Reborn from the ashes, as Frank Costanza says. Well, anyway, that's our show for today. Uh, the birthday edition of Just Gow in the city, although Just Gow is going to be in the city of New Jersey, which isn't a city at all. What are we talking about? We're to, uh, Long Branch, Hoboken, and Fort Lee. Oh, the good times. We're having a Just Gow in the city in all these crappy cities that no one needs to talk about, but that's what I do. Woodstock, though, what a shitty town that is. Fuck everybody. All, all those hippies can suck it. <laughs> But that's our episode for today. Next week, again, like I said, I guess this is our penultimate season finale. Next week will be our season finale. <laughs> I'm just going to the city as we retool and rethink this entire podcast and my life as we uh, take you in out of the summer after Labor Day into the best time of the year. The best time of the year, September to December. Or as Ed Wynn says in Mary Poppins, from about September to March. But September to December, oh man, is that a good time to be just out in the city. That is when you want to live in New York City and no other times. I swear to God, no other times. But that's this week's episode. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. And join us again next week on another exciting episode of Just Out in the City. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.